Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will let you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. And when you join, use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be treated like kings. Top Sport offering the best prices, markets, and service 100%. What a week in rugby league. More chaos off the field. And again, it's probably overshadowing the on-field stuff as we continue the run to the semifinals. Welcome to the Rugby League Superpod, the only podcast like it because we don't talk about the stars. We talk with them. A Dally M medalist, some Aussie reps, a dual international and Commonwealth Games medalist, premiership winners, icons and if you don't mind, an immortal. They're just some of the guests on this stacked episode. Couple of naughty kids too dropping in where anything can happen. My types, you've been warned. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the Rugby League Superpod. What a lineup of guests this episode, and they keep on coming with this big unit. Here's a fella you've seen, and I reckon you're going to see a whole lot more of him in the next couple of years, the next decade probably, from the North Queensland Cowboys. Griffin Neem has joined us, mate. The journey so far, take us back to Greymouth, New Zealand, and your first footy memories. Yeah. Um, four. I started playing, I was either four or five. Okay. Um, played for the same club my old man played for, um, which is called Suburbs Rugby League down in Greymouth. Um, so it's not a very big town, but um, back then footy was footy was pretty strong there. Like everyone played footy. It was it was sort of like up here in Townsville. Yeah. It's just a big footy town, except it's pretty small over there. Um, so yeah. I, Always go watch my dad play. I'd watch every game. I loved it. Um, I was ball boy for every team he played for. And then when he started coaching, I was still ball boy. And then, yeah, played when I was about four or five. Yeah, played every year since now. Was dad a big unit? Was he a, a front rower? Is that where you get the size from? Uh, he played second row, actually. Okay. Um, he's, yeah, he's... He's actually a pretty big unit himself. Ah. Uh, I'm probably a little bit taller, but he was definitely wider than me. There you um, go. And, yeah, he, he played back row. So I played back row my juniors, um, just like him. But I only started playing in the middle uh, when I come over here. So, yeah, once I got a bit bigger. Because I was a pretty, was a pretty skinny, skinny kid growing up. So once I got a bit bigger, yeah, they put me in the middle. Throw you in the middle. Mate, the Cowboys... Pathways Academy in New Zealand, like 
the club is actively searching for young Kiwi kids. What was that experience like? Uh, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I had a few Sydney clubs ask me to come over as well, um, but I don't know. There's just saying about what the cows said to me and yep. said about my future that I really liked. Um, they said with like Sydney clubs, um, they sort of sign so many young kids and have heaps of them grown up. But um, the cows said they only they don't want heaps. They only want the ones they want. Yep. And there's only so many of them. And um, yeah, to hear stuff like that about you know they they really wanted me and what they wanted from me in the next couple of years. So yeah, I. It was a pretty easy choice for me at a young age, yeah. Bit of a weather difference from the old hometown to Townsville. How, how, how do you cope with the humidity up there? Oh, man, I, I don't. Every single person I've talked to about coming here has asked the exact same yeah. question. I don't. I don't know how. Coming from Greymouth, it's, I reckon I would have played 90% of my footy in the mud and freezing cold yeah. and I've even played in hailstorms, thunderstorms, and Greymouth. And uh, when I come over here, it was a crazy show. I got told about it, but I didn't expect it to be something like this. Like I've been to Brizzy and Goldie when I was a young fella for holidays. It was sort of just like a New Zealand summer, but coming up here, it's just it's like you're in a sauna. Yeah. I remember walking out of the airport the first time and. It just hit me. I was sweating, just waiting for my ride at the airport, and I was like, what am I done? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd say I'm a little bit more used to it now, yeah. but it's, it's still it's still hot, yeah. Bit of junior rep footy, bit of Q Cup. What about the 14th of August, 2021? It's a year this week, your debut. How cool. What do you remember of uh, the game, your first grade debut? Yeah, that was Probably one of the best weeks of my life to date, I reckon. Um, yeah, growing up, that's that's all you wanted to do. I remember watching pretty much every NRL game as a kid. My mum and dad would watch it. I'd watch it as well, just thinking, oh, I want to, I want to be there one day. Um, that's like all I wanted to do. Um, I never even people would ask me what I do when older in school. I just never. I'd, Never gave them a job. I never know knew what I wanted to do. I just say rugby league all the time. Like that's all I wanted to do. And um, yeah, that day, that week was pretty special. It was a the week felt like it took forever. Yeah, and I was that nervous the whole week. Um, I was a bit. It was a bit annoying. My family couldn't come over and watch. Mm. But, um, yeah, I know. Um, in Greymouth, the the whole pub was just booked out so they had a massive big screen and everyone just went there and watched it um i'm pretty sure it was if i scored it was going to be free drinks for the rest of the night in Greymouth. but i almost scored but yeah that was that was the best day of my life i think oh too good it would have been a fair old night at the pub too uh mate thanks for dropping in legend uh hope to chat again soon sweet no worries chase One of the greats and great blokes has joined us on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Favourite player and favourite team as a kid, Josh Mansour. Who was it? 
Oh, geez. Uh, where do I start? I loved Canterbury. Um, I was a big Sonny Bill Williams fan. Um, and of course, Hazemul Masri, um, yeah. obviously being Lebanese. So, um, yeah, definitely a big Canterbury supporter growing up. Um, and I was fortunate enough to watch two grand finals as a kid. So, yeah. Hazemel Masri, such a wonderful footballer, such a wonderful ambassador for multiculturalism, for the Lebanese community, really a trailblazer as well, wasn't he? Oh, definitely, without a doubt, especially where I was brought up. There was a lot of young uh, Lebanese boys, you know, aspiring to play rugby league. We looked up to Hazem yep. and, uh, you know, he kind of really paved the way for us young guys and um, you just see what he's done in the game. You know, he's one of the highest poor, uh, scoring scorers in the game. Um, he knew how to finish a try, and uh, he's, off, he's, a, he's a grand final winner as well. So um, for me, yeah, Hazem was definitely underrated, but um, a guy that I definitely looked up to is he was an ultimate, prof- ultimate professional yeah. as well. Um, and uh, I, I guess I, I got a leaf of, uh, out of his book um, in that regard. I reckon you've hit the nail on the head there with the term underrated. Because he's such a nice guy, because he's done so much off the field, and because he was such a good goal kicker, I think a lot of people have actually forgotten what a damn fine footballer he was. He wasn't just a goal kicker. A hundred percent. You go through his highlights. He's, he was on the end of some beautiful tries, yeah. and he actually uh, handed me my debut Lebanon jersey um, when I when I yeah in in, in camp. So um, for me, that was extremely special and. Um, uh, I actually got the photo of that. So, yeah, I was extremely lucky. Wonderful now in this day and age that young Lebanese boys now aspire to become a cedar because, in mm. all honesty, 25, 30 years ago, soccer was probably the game of choice, wasn't it, for a, for a young ethnic kid? Yeah, without a doubt, 100%. I actually played soccer as a kid um, okay. when I first started. I was five years old, and um, when I got to the age of 10, all my, play- all my mates played rugby league except me, so... Um, I'm like, you know what, well, I want to give it a crack. Uh, to a disappointment of my parents, um, they took me to training. And um, uh, from there on, I just, I, I may, as soon as um, I laced up those boots, like I just wanted to play rugby league um, from then on. And uh, yeah, just dream, I just dreamt as a kid to play in the NRL. It was, yeah, it's just honestly day one, day one. I'm glad you saw the light and came over to rugby league, mate. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same without you. Thanks again, legend. Thanks, Andy. Firebrand Barbecue does it better than anyone else. Why? Because they're the immortals of the barbecue. Online at firebrandbarbecue.com.au or in-store at Arndell Park, where we're dealing with, now get this, over 550 square metres of barbecue heaven. There's a massive range of barbecues, smokers, rotisseries and fire pits. There's a cafe, a deli the country's widest range of barbecue pantry items, and of course, their fuel products as well. Saturday is market day with 20% off all fuel products. It's the day to visit. Lift your barbecue game and check out firebrandbarbecue.com.au or call 1-800-FIRE-UP and let them know we sent you. You'll be sizzling soon. The footballer's boxing, Anthony Mundine, was the first of the modern era, but we can go a long way back to the most successful. If we go back to the 1930s, yes, that's before I was born, there was a fearsome front rower for Newtown called Herb Narvo. He'd play for the Jets in three spells. He also played for St George. During his playing career, he also started boxing. In Fight 13, he became the Australian heavyweight champion. 
Just a little history there for you. Now, one of the modern footballing boxes has dropped on in, Junior Paulo. What got you interested in jumping into the ring, mate? Yeah, um, so I've never done anything beforehand. Um, it was more so a preseason. Before preseason, I thought of maybe it was going to be something for me to kind of help stay fit on track and, and definitely help with returning back in, in Good Nick. Um, so I enjoyed the, all the training um, aspects of boxing. Um, it became more, I guess, serious the closer I got to the actual fight with Gallon. And then once I got in the ring, I sort of just felt comfortable in an environment that I wasn't comfortable in. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I grew to love it. And then after that, you just wanted a taste again. And then you start to develop um, learning the crafts of the actual sport of boxing and and the art form that it takes to get in the ring. So I thought that side of things was the more, um, I think, kind of area that I wanted to explore about boxing is, you know, obviously you get in the ring, you want to hit people and the person standing in front of you, but you also got to understand how to not get hit. So, um, you know, just, yeah, the art of boxing is something that that sort of, um, you know, intrigued me. And then, yeah, after the first one, everyone said it turned out half decent, so why not keep going and give it a crack? The training for professional boxing, it's next level, isn't it? I mean, it's something else. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough now to do it twice now, but, you know, it's certainly the hardest sort of training I've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. Compared to our rugby league preseason, you know, I think it's more so just being an individual sport, yeah. the discipline it takes. Um, and just knowing that one wrong move in the ring could could mean lights out for you. So, um, you know, you, you got to be able to endure the the sacrifices and, and discipline that it takes to actually be a boxer. So that's why I probably wanted to, you know, give it another crack and not just show that I'm not just a one-trick pony for who's an NRL player who just wants to jump in the ring once and then, you know, actually pay respects to the sport and, and actually learn the crafts and and how to actually get in there and box like a boxer. Mate, I think everyone respects you and the mentality you took in. Let's go back to, uh, I think it was the end of 2016, and you mentioned the Gallon fight. What stands out from the night, mate? Because I would imagine it all happens really, really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I was actually kind of almost psyched out beforehand in the change room. Um, I'm not too sure all that uh, many people know, but there's, I can't see anything that's happening outside, but they're right outside having an altercation in the hallway, them, their entourage, their posse, like full going at it. So it's kind of just sort of messed up the whole, I guess, preparation where I'm trying to mentally prepare because all I can hear is the crowd outside from the previous fights um, you know, going on. So all I hear is the crowd going, and that's already, you know, playing on my mind. And I'm just thinking, oh, what am I getting myself into? Here we go. Um, so, yeah, there was a little bit of an altercation that sort of just messed with me, um, you know, mentally thinking, oh, could this not happen anywhere else besides my change room? So, but yeah, just heading into, you know, that first fight. Um, another thing that was going in my head was, don't get knocked out. Please don't get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's lots, lots of different nerves and 
excitement that goes through the body. Uh, mate, you did enormously. I'll finish with some of those Herb Narvo stats. 61 first-grade games over six seasons, 11 games for New South Wales, four for Australia, including the 1937 Kangaroo Tour. In terms of boxing back in the day, the big boys especially used to almost back up and fight opponents twice or three times. He did that. He had a series of fights with Jack McNamee, Billy Britt, Ray Steer and others. He lost two fights late in his career to the great Australian light heavyweight and heavyweight champion Jack Johnson. He also fought a famous name in boxing, the Alabama Kid. They used to go by different names, not their birth name. It was almost a bit like wrestling. The Alabama Kid would retire with a record, get this, 206 wins, 60 losses, 23 draws, 7 no contests, 296 fights. There's one busy boy. That's, yeah, that's plenty of fights. You have a look at, good, at some of the good records now, they're having 50 to 60 and that's pushing them. To have 260 odd fights. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm not too sure how I'm going to pull up post-career. But <laughs> Six foot one, a hundred kilos. He was a small-framed front rower as he was playing but in 2021 Robbie Kearns maybe locked forward would be more your position we see shapes and sizes like Cameron Murray Jake Travojevic Victor Radley good tackle good work rate good motor and nice hands with the football maybe jersey 13 yeah I reckon Andy I um I definitely reckon I'm too small this day and age to be an eight or a ten um, but yeah, maybe a 13. Um, as you said, I, I did have a little bit of ball playing in me. Uh, Chris Anderson really pushed that. Arthur Beetson really pushed that with me. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, um, it's sort of funny. I was, I was never a big hitter. I just, I, I think I was more of a worker. Um, mm. like I said, maybe like a Jake Trevojevic type thing, although he's a fantastic ball player. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I used to get through a lot of work and that helped me to get me, uh, 280 odd games of football. We're sort of seeing a bit of a change, aren't we, in lock forward? I guess over the last 20 years, the lock forward went from free running, then it almost became a third front rower and a, and a battering ram, but we're seeing the smaller, quicker guys now introduced back into the game. That's funny. Uh, I mean, the game has changed in so many different ways in the last, since I retired, you know, 2005 I retired, so last 16 years, the back rowers are usually a left edge and a right edge, and which they still sort of are, but mm. back in the back in the day, it was like five forwards yep. and the hooker, and it was just give me the ball, I'm hitting it up. You know I mean, it was not too much left or right. It was just five forwards in the middle, and, and they'd follow the ball around, and it wasn't left or right side type stuff. But now, as you said, it's the two front rows and, and the lock forward. They pretty much do the same job this day and age. And you got your fringe, you know, the back rows on, on the left and right. So the lock forward is more more so a small front rower. Uh, that's got a bit of ball playing in him. That's, that's the perfect lock forward this day and age. And you see Dale Finucane trying to get a little bit of ball playing in his game. He's tough as nails, does a fantastic job at Melbourne Storm. But I know Craig Bellamy's really pushing him hard 
just try and do that, uh, you know, the little tip-ons and bits and pieces, a bit of ball playing like what Jake does at uh, Manly and also um, you just mentioned um, young Murray from the, the Bunnies. I mean, he's fantastic as well. So it's a new style of game this day and age and uh, usually one club does something different. If they have success, everyone follows. We've seen it many times. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Any episode, any time, our entire library is ready to go when you're ready to listen. None of our episodes date ever. So you can download the lot and work your way through at your speed. There is some truly awesome interviews along the way. Let's go back to an early interview with Bo Scott. Joining the podcast, a 245 game, a premiership winner, as well as 11 origins and three tests. It's Bo Scott. Mate, four clubs over your career, Sharks, Dragons, Knights, Eels. Who do you support? Who do you consider as your side? Oh, I've got to go back to the Dragons for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. The amount of time I spent at the Dragons is uh, very enjoyable and obviously successful, which probably made it enjoyable, obviously. And uh, I guess I was a junior down there. I was, I was an Illawarra junior, yep. actually. So that was before there was St. George Illawarra in the juniors as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time down there and they're pretty close to home and close to heart. Let's go back to your debut. It was for the Sharks, round 22, 2005. I reckon it is the perfect start to an NRL career. You made three <laughs> dreams come true on one day. You debuted, you scored a try, and you almost took Cameron Smith's head off his body. That is a very <laughs> eventful first game, my friend. Yeah, it was a nervous first game, obviously. Um, everyone's going to have the nerves pumping leading into the NRL debut, but I guess... Uh, yeah, a couple of boxes ticked all in one day and I even got a visit to the judiciary that week so I experienced it all in the first uh, first week of my NRL career and I got off but, which was good, uh, exonerated, which my old man was pretty stoked about. So, uh, yeah, no, it was a good debut. I enjoyed it and um, I sort of set up the following year off the back of a couple of games. We actually played semifinals that year with the Sharks yeah. and against the Dragons. We got kicked out at the end of that year but... Um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a good start and it led into a really strong pre-season, which I played um, all but one game the following year for the Sharks and, and found my way back to the Dragons the following year. Mate, if we go all the way back there, you're a fleet-footed centre. Which coach first moved you into the back role and do you recall the conversation and your reaction? It was actually um, why Nathan Brown brought me back to the Dragons for, to, uh, to play back row. So... That was his uh, his grand plan on my return to the Dragons to to throw me a bit closer to the middle of the field and, and in the back row and just happened to be we had a heap of injuries that year and I played a fair few more games at centre before I uh, yeah found myself permanently stuck in the middle of the field unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> is is that a coach saying to a young fella? We reckon you've got a bit going for you, but you're too slow to be a centre as you get older. Is that the nice way of saying that? I'm not sure what he was trying to get across in that conversation, but um, I don't know if it was too slow or too clumsy with the ball or, or a combination <laughs> of both. <laughs> Mate, a 14-year career. If you look back, what do you recall most fondly? Was it 2010? Uh, 2010 would have to cap it, um, followed closely by a few other experiences along the way and in origin wins and um, debuting for Australia over the other side of the world with, with my old man there on the sideline, yeah. um, 
Yeah, but I have to go back to the 2010 grand final. It was a uh, it was a special night for for myself, for teammates, and a lot of uh, diehard Dragons supporters. Uh, 32-8 from memory over the Roosters in one of the most comprehensive victories in recent grand finals. I mean, it it just clicked on GF Day that year for the Dragons, didn't it? Oh, the second half clicked. Um, I don't know about that first yeah. half. That was a bit nerve-wracking, sitting in the sheds at halftime. And, and uh, I remember Wayne speaking, but I don't remember myself listening. I just wanted <laughs> to get back out there for that second half. Or, or maybe I didn't. I wasn't sure either way, but... Uh, yeah, we, we knew that first 40 minutes of football on Grand Final Day wasn't us as a club. We knew that we had to go out there and, and just just play our footy and get the job done. And um, probably the most enjoyable last 10, 15 minutes of the game I've ever been involved with because we knew it. We knew we had to wrap up on the back of what we'd done defensively um, mm. leading into that game. And we uh, we really could enjoy that uh, that time with ourselves, with our, with our uh, family and, and the fans, obviously. And Same year was that your origin debut, game two, I think from memory, 2010? Uh, 2010, yeah. I, um, that was another sort of weird little story to go with that too. I, I was playing centre again um, leading into that game. I, I, Wayne, Wayne again tried to push me out into the back row, a bit closer to the middle of the field, but... We uh, were a bit short on centres in 2009, so I ended up playing nearly that whole season in the centres and along with my little mate, Jamie Soud. And, um, had Matty Pryor in the back row there a fair yeah. bit and Jason Knighton going on our wing on the right edge. And uh, anyway, that was 2009 and led into 2010 and sort of got stuck out in the centres a little bit again too. And um, actually made my debut uh, at for New South Wales in the centres. and then. I remember going back to club and we brought Mark Gazzia back from France. Yeah. And uh, obviously he's going to get a start in the centres of myself. <laughs> so I sort of rocked back up the club, club land, out of origin camp, out of making my deba- debut in the centres for New South Wales and I uh, get shifted to the back row. So, <laughs> yeah, that was another little sort of weird twist throughout that year. But that was a um, sort of a blessing in disguise because – sort of played the rest of my career a bit closer to the middle of the field. Mate, a shocking knee injury ended your career early um, with Parramatta, but it, it looked like potentially last year that your sporting career wasn't over. There was uh, possible interest in being a potential opponent for Justin Hodges in his short-lived boxing career, but you're only given a couple of weeks' notice, weren't you? Yeah, it was a bit of a rush thing, that one, and I guess things like that where I've sort of never been in the ring before. I want to give it the uh, the due respect it deserves and, yeah. and obviously uh, get a full training um, season or a compliment to go into a fight like that. So, yeah, that one got put on the back burner too. And um, I don't know about boxing. I'll see what happens down the track, but uh, it's a brutal sport, that one. Isn't it? Mate, who do you reckon was your main origin rival? One fella you always went at it with and wanted to get it on with. If you had to name one Queenslander, would it be Hodges? Would it be third man Sam, uh, G.I., who you, you had a scuffle with? Who was the one that you wanted? Oh, uh, no. I guess during origin, um, I had uh, the great Jonathan Thurston to, to uh, try to contain, I guess, in yeah. that way. Between him and GI, I had my uh, hands full, but yeah, I definitely uh, GI is a hard one to handle, and 
you knew it when you tackled him. And um, yeah, you'd probably a toss up between uh, JT and GI. I know it's a redneck thing to say. I love my origin, but gee, it's changed without the fights. Um, and I know, yeah. we, I know we've got to be politically correct because it's 2020, but it's a completely different experience to the one we grew up watching. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I even saw that through my cor- uh, origin um, career. I guess at the start there, it's sort of a free-for-all and you get, get away with a little bit more in origins than you do at club club yeah. footy and that was an enjoyable part of it as well. And I guess after Gal wrecked it for everyone, I guess the little guys could be a little bit more cheekier than they used to be without uh, copping one round the back of the year. Exactly. Thanks for dropping in, great man. Chat again soon. Our Legends series is all time. Let's rewind again, this time to episodes 42 to 44 with the immortal Mal Meninga. Mal, are the personal rewards different as a player and a coach? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, From a coach, it's for me, um, like I said before, I want to see the players get all the accolades and all the success, and that's what they deserve. They should be in the spotlight. I don't want that. I mean, you know... I know that I know this might sound, I don't know, stupid, but you go through all that success we had through that period, you won't get one photo of me being involved with the team and the celebrations after a game. Wow. Because it's their time, you know. We, we, we provide the platform, we provide the invo- environment for them to, to be successful, you know. Um, but they're the ones that get out there and go through that 80 minutes of rigour, grind, you know, stress, uh, decisions, you know, so uh, it's their moment. It's their moment, and and I think I think that they enjoyed that, yeah. you know, because as a group, um, we'd have we'd have photos afterwards and things like that. Just, mm. You know, we'd, we'd get together, but just that moment on the footy field after they after they they win the series, it's their moment, and that's the way they should they should celebrate celebrate. And that's just my feeling. That's that's how I feel about coaching and playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of hard work that goes into coaching yeah. and a lot of stuff behind the scenes and stuff. We, we have our, we get, we get, we have our moments. Don't worry about that. And we have our, we celebrate it. No, yeah. <laughs> that as well. I just think that particular that defining moment when they win a GF, yep. it's their moment, you know. And then, then all your staff come in and and help celebrate. And more genuine rugby league history in a podcast here: the great Michael Cleary episodes eighty five to eighty seven. You know, they used to open the hotel every four years for the, for the Australian side. No one else would stay there. It was a dilapidated old bloody place on the on the on the hills on the moors of, of Ilkley. I remember one day we went up we went upstairs up in the up in the hills and pinched a sheep, <laughs> brought it down. <laughs> I put it in Gazny and Diamond's room. <laughs> of course, it, it dropped everywhere, crap everywhere, all over his room and everything. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear. Things we used to do, but... Your early years in rugby league were dominated by that wonderful St George Dragons side that won 11 premierships straight. But as the decade got towards its close, 1967, 1968, 1970, three premierships alongside your name. Yeah. Are they all as important and memorable as each other, or does one stand out? Well, the loss against Balmain, that's... that's 69, That's yeah. pretty prominent in my mind, Barney, because in those days, if someone was injured, the referee'd stop play. And, of course, Balmain, Balmain kept lying on the ground and stopping yeah. play. So we could, couldn't get momentum going. We just couldn't get going. And I remember, I remember poor old John O'Neill kept saying, come on, come on, we've got these bloke stuff. Let's get, keep going, keep going. 
he was still saying that the bell had gone. It was too late. And uh, uh, a 65 one against St. George, that was, I remember that one too. That was great. That was something like 73,000 people at the Sydney yeah. Creek Ground on the roof. That was the record-breaking day. Oh, oh yeah. They were on the, on the sideline. They were up in the, up in the showground, up the stand there. They were, they were everywhere. And I remember Jimmy Lyle early in the game said, come round me, come round me. So I was round him, I came and I looked up and there's, Candos of Kevin Ryan came and my head came out my anus. Fair dick. And I said, oh, <laughs> what have I done here? Oh, what about this? On the back of immortal Mal Meninga and free sport Australian representative, the legendary Michael Cleary, we invite another legend onto the podcast. Clarky from Clarky's RL column each and every week. Clarky makes a call and he and I discuss the responses, good, bad, and indifferent. Hey, Clarky, I hope you're well, legend. What was your call this week? G'day, Andy and listeners. This week we are talking unsung heroes. So my call is Joe Offerhangawi is my unsung hero across the league this season. He has put in immense effort for the Tigers that have largely flown under the radar. Andy, here's a, a very telling stat um, just as how much of an unsung hero Josh, sorry, Joe has been. He has led the entire Tigers team in meters gained, hit-ups, and tackles multiple times throughout the, this season. That's pretty unheard of. He's having a, a great 2022. Um, a lot of the responses suggesting he needed to, that his last couple of years have been a little disappointing. Uh, Mark Monteroso on Facebook says he's turned it around big time this year. I would say last year he would have been in the running for most disappointing signing in the league, but he's been super consistent in an inconsistent side. And that's the biggest thing. This Tigers side has struggled for consistency and you can almost see it rub off on the players and at times they don't look as confident as they should be. But someone who's really gone about his business, regardless of what the score reads, is Joe Offerhand Gowie. Uh, we had Keith Galloway, Andy, former Australian kangaroo himself. He dropped the 100 emoji, um, which indicates he agrees with the call for Big Joe. And um, Anthony Setu added, how did they miss him in the origin setup? Now, I got thinking about that and having a look at the Queensland 17, I definitely think Joe could have been there instead of someone like a Jai Arrow potentially coming off the interchange. That's how good he's been this year. Ryan Fuller said 100% this bloke plays his hardest each game and tries to get that roll on. Josh Carrier said on Facebook, Lachlan Croker, for me, consistently plays above expectations, produces big plays when we need them, and was leading the league's tackle count a few points this year. He's been one of Manly's strongest players all season in a side that has had some pretty underwhelming performances. I noticed Dylan Edwards got a few votes as well. Yep, Dylan Edwards certainly did. That jersey bloke said that he's uh, the most underrated player in the game. Currently leads the league in runs and run meters, so Dylan Edwards definitely an unsung hero. And one of those rare Penrith players that didn't play rep footy. Got one for you here, Andy, that you'll love. Uh, Eli Stephens of Instagram, he says, As an Eels fan, the Lane train, referring to Sean Lane, has been in career best form that has gone unnoticed. Uh, I agree with that, Andy. What would you say? Yeah, I'd say a slower start to the year than he would have liked, but he's certainly come on. That sort of mirrors what the Eels season has been, though, a, a slow, slow-ish slow start, and they're starting to come on, we think. Jacob Ripley, amongst others, uh, presented Chad Townsend as an option. I love Jordan Tawano's response. Townsend isn't an unsung hero, though. He gets his credit. 
we look at guys differently and, and Chad Townsend certainly getting the credit he deserves. And that's the interesting thing and why I love discussions like this. There's no set criteria as to what's right or wrong. It's up to the imagination. One that I really love that I'd like to finish with is from Tipenny Ballantyne. He said, as a Broncos fan, I had absolutely no idea who Corey Jensen was at the start of this season, but wow, he's dug in for some efforts. And I mean, you can't blame Broncos fans. Corey Jensen prior to this year was a bit of a fringe first grader up there with the Cowboys. Um, and now you look at some of the stats he's putting up. He's running the same amount of meters as a Payne Haas or a, a Thomas Flegler or a Carrigan, genuine rep players. Corey Jensen for me is another great option for an unsung hero. Absolutely, mate. I loved the opinion piece this week. That was Clarkie's Call. Where can we find you? All over social media, guys, under Clarkie's Rugby League column. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. And if you join and when you join Top Sport, make sure you use the promo code UNFILTERED, as we say each and every week. They will treat you like kings, and that's more than just a catch cry. It is fact the top dog from Top Sport has joined us. Tristan Merlihan. Mate, I've got one for you. Sunday games. For me, in my little world, a lot like the last at Ascot on a Saturday. It's almost the get-out. We've got Raiders, Dragons, Titans, Eagles. One or two upsets here wouldn't surprise, but some same-game multis here with four sides potentially on paper, a lot of points scored. Yeah, these Sunday games now particularly, um, and for teams that – Canberra can probably still slightly make the eight, but their, their season's pretty much uh, done and dust. All four teams are probably in that same boat. And I agree. I reckon that's when you're going to get some points on these Sunday Arvo games. So I'd be looking at some of the, like we, we have over 250 markets up on every one of the Jeez. games and you've got your same game multis, but go wide, particularly that Titans manly game. I think there's going to be a lot of ball being thrown around the weather. I think will be fine here. And you can go for some of those alternate total tries or alternate total points. Go for that that big number because, yeah, on, on a Sunday, there's definitely scope for if the game starts uh, with a lot of points early, they can get a roll on. Topsport.com.au or download the app. That's where you guys excel. That's where you guys see yourself as different from the competitors. You guys in your same game multis have more options and better value. Yeah, we, we really pride ourselves on the, uh, the, the the pricing that comes out of our same game multis. When you click on it, they're always going to be that market price. So, Every, every time I suggest, I always say the same thing because it's entirely up to you where you have a bet. But as a punter, you want to make sure you get the best price. So whenever you're having your same game multi, pop it into wherever you're betting now. Jump onto the Top Sport app or onto the website, throw it into our system and just bet where you're getting the better price. It's as simple as that. And um, and, and I think that's if, if you can secure the best price when you're having a punt, you're going halfway there to, to being a, a, a better punter. The Penrith Panthers have been the competition favourites with you guys and rightfully so since, uh, since the premiership last year. Any change in the market there for premiership favoritism? Uh, they firmed back in from two ten into two dollars. Obviously, they there were some people, including myself, that thought they might have been vulnerable last week against the Raiders, but um, they they covered they handled that um, tricky little assignment quite comfortably. So they've gone two ten into two dollars, knowing that Cleary and Luai will be back for those finals. This is a fascinating week because. 
You got three other teams there locked at second pick at 750 Cronulla, Melbourne, the Cowboys. Then you got another three Parramatta, Sydney Roosters, and South Sydney locked at $12 and $13. And there's a lot of teams playing each other in those games. So if you're wanting to back one of those sides, if they can get onto the other side of the draw for Cronulla, it's trying to get into that second spot and avoid Penrith. For the Bunnies, it's trying to jump up into that top four spot. Look for a few of those options before the round starts this weekend because I think there's some value there. Okay, Legends, go to sport, go to rugby league, scroll down a little bit to the unfiltered try scorer market. Now, guests this week on the podcast include Griffin Neem, Adam Elliott, Joe Stimson, Junior Paulo and Josh Jackson. Tristan, you guys have come up with the unfiltered try scorer market. You can bet on none all the way through to all five of these guys scoring a try on the weekend. Yeah, you certainly can. So if you want to, uh, if you if you like what the boys are saying when they're chatting on the show, um, you, you can take any number of those uh, blokes to score a try. And yeah, we offer the zero, the one, the two, the three, the four, and all five. And yeah, 5,000 to one if you think all of them can salute. So uh, it's a good little market. We're going to do that each week whenever we've we got a, a good, good amount of guests on that are playing on the weekend. Okay, with our free bet this week, we had a collect last week. Love to go. Roosters at the line, which is three and a half into Broncos 13 plus. What price were you doing, mate? It comes out at $2.78. And yeah, this is a crucial game for the Roosters. They've got a really tough run home. So they'll want to be asserting their authority here and get a good win this weekend. And then the Broncos, they just need to bounce back. So $2.78, I like the look of that one. Always a pleasure, Legend. We will chat again next week. Once again, if you haven't, at least, at the very least, Jump onto the internet, check out topsport.com.au or download the app. Compare the markets to your current agency. I am confident Top Sport will have them covered. When you do join up, use the promo code UNFILTERED. They will treat you like kings. Hey, if you love your horses in particular, you've got to check out Stable Stars. It's stablestars.store. Horse and jockey merch, top quality, top range, and unlike anything you've seen before, stablestars.store. Check them out, legends. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's go with the Black Flash, Larry Korowa. Uh, last question. This is from the Bert at the Springs. What's your favourite memory from the 78 Kangaroo Tour, Larry? Favourite memory? Um, geez, that's a hard one. Oh, it's all great memories, but I think that being together with a group of Blake, blokes that, that are representing your country... Mm. And you see blokes like Greg Hartley who's training with you and um, Tex Bill Morty, yeah. you know, sitting with you and having a yarn in the morning and breakfast and, yeah. you know, the, all the um, journalists were there with us. And, yeah. But I'd, I'd probably say the, the, the funniest and memorable one was when we were nearly at the end of the England trip and. We're training and we're all just joking and uh, there was a bet on. They put a bet on. Mm. Peter Moore, Bullfrog, and myself at a match race. (laughs) (laughs) What was the the, handicap? But the catch was every my age and Bullfrog age 
whatever the difference was, he gets the start. Yeah. Right? So I think it was about 20-something uh, yards he had yeah. on me. Um, but as soon as they said, ready, set, go, he went on ready, right? <laughs> and I looked up and I could see his little legs <laughs> pumping away. And he used to smoke them camels. Remember those That's camels? Right, and yeah. he used to smoke a hundred a day. I didn't know how he'd done it. And um, I couldn't catch him. In the end, I busted my guts to get him, and he just took off and just took off, and I, I couldn't get him. The bullfrog won. The bullfrog won. There we go. But the story was me and him carved the money up in his room. <laughs> you got the last laugh. <laughs> and a change of pace and era to Josh Morris. Okay, last one from a guy called Grub of Hull. I thought you were a better bloke and better player than Brett. Did carrying him limit you? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did, mate. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, mate, I guess um, it's been a hell of a journey. Um, Yeah, to have just one person in your family play first grade, but to have your your twin brother and your best mate play and um, play for Australia, New South Wales, do all that kind of stuff together. Um, yeah, in my eyes, and you know, I'm pretty biased, but I, I still think he's the best finisher um, that we've seen. Um, one of the best wingers of our generation. and um, Yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him to take the man on as the best in the, uh, in the family because he, he deserves it. <laughs> It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League videos. You'll love it. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the Rugby League Superpod, and we've heard too many times from too many players just how brutal rehab and the rehab group is. Tommy Travojevic has joined us. Can we sum it up just by saying rehab sucks? Yeah, it's, it's a bit like that. You're, you're very secluded, so you don't get really get around the squad too much. Um, you kind of train with all just the rehab boys. It is quite hard, but unfortunately, that's the game we play, and you know, if you get injured, you've got to do it. So, you basically get paired with the other guys that are in rehab and then the physios and the conditioners because there's there's no yeah. field sessions. No, uh, the, yeah, the, well, the field sessions, you're not really doing it when the boys are on the field, you're kind of doing it before them or after them, so you're not getting in the way. So, um, yeah, it's all, it's all just part of it, and um, you know, I guess it makes it work harder to get out of there. How's yours coming along, buddy? Yeah, really good, really good. Um, you know, just shoulders are slow, so um, just going through all those slow steps now. Hey, I've got to ask you, what type of spectator are you? Um, are you any good in the dugout there at Four Pines? Do you, do you keep to yourself? Yeah, I'm all kept to myself. I, I don't really um, give too much. Just kind of sit there biting my fingernails, just hoping the boys get it done. I reckon Jakey would be a blow-up type of bloke on the sideline, wouldn't he? Probably, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, he doesn't miss too many games, which is good, so there you uh, go. don't have to go through that. We miss you, mate. Can't wait to see you back out on the field whenever that is. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks, mate. 
2018 Grand Final had pitted the competition's two big dogs against one another. It was Sunday, September 30 at ANZ Stadium. The Sydney Roosters and the Melbourne Storm, and it was in front of 82,688 fans. Joe Stimson played back row for the Storm that evening. What do you remember of the week leading in, mate, and the, the, the build-up to the GF? Um, yeah, it was sort of everything I sort of imagined. Um, like, it was a lot, there was a lot going on, but at the same time, we were sort of trying to keep really low-key. I think we moved up to Sydney um, maybe on, like, a, on the Wednesday or something like that, and um, Craig, I remember talking with Craig and he got all the guys that haven't played in a big game like in the grand final and he just goes, look, like, I want you to enjoy the week but, um, yeah, just make sure that he's a focus for the game and um, and I was absolutely shitting myself. So, like, I, I, I wish, like, reflecting back on it, I sort of didn't take everything in because I was that concentrated. I'm just trying to play well and, yeah, just doing this, just, yeah, just trying to play well and um, get a win. But, um, yeah, it was something that I'll never forget. Um, that week, it was just like all the fans coming out and the intensity around training, and then um, yeah, the probably like my it's weird like my career highlight or like something that I'll never forget. I know we lost, but running out into a grand final is like something that people are like I've dreamed of. Yeah. Like every time I've watched it, going, "Geez, I can't wait! I'd love to be doing that." And actually, to getting to getting a chance to doing that was something there yeah, pretty special. Like I know we didn't get the win, but yeah, running out was pretty cool. You said it was a full-on week, mate, and it was. It had ended up being Bill Slater's final game, but he was charged with a shoulder charge the week before. Deadset looked like he wasn't going to play. What a tough week of emotions for Billy that must have been. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But the thing with Bill, like he, he sort of, yeah, he's professional. He was preparing like he was going to play the whole time. And, um, yeah, it didn't let it affect us. And I remember that. He was, um, I remember he came in, he goes, you got off, mate, and everyone was that pumped and, um. Yeah, really, really excited for him and happy that he yeah got to play the grand final for his last game. So, yeah, and as you said, he's a he's a special player. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have him on our side. That's for sure. The game itself, the GF, what stands out, mate? Um, I remember in it until the kickoff. Really, like they kicked off. Yeah, um, it was crazy. Like they, I just remember uh, Luke Keary just kicking us off the park. Um. I remember, like, I don't think we really touched the ball the first, like, 15 minutes. I remember, um, yeah, probably lining up for our third dropout and going to Jesse Bromwich going, have you had a carry yet? And he goes, I've had, like, two in, like, first 20 minutes. Wow. And we're like, gee, like, yeah, they were, yeah, credit to them. They were too good. And, um, yeah, they really hit Cooper Cronk pretty well too. It was a, an amazing performance from the Roosters, probably their best. To think your first few years of footy and that grand final memory were with guys like Billy and Cameron. Pretty cool. It might not be too cool at the moment, but at some stage in your life, probably after retirement, you'll look back and think, wow, I got to play a GF with, you know, some of the legends of the game. Yeah, exactly. Like um, the funny part, like the, I remember sitting in, in like in the middle of ANZ Stadium and captain's run and like I was just – and Hoffy – um, took me out to the middle and we just sat there and he goes, what do you think, mate? Like, how good is this? Like, blah, blah, blah. And then um, then Billy come and sat with us and they were just talking about, like, their careers and, like, how like like how much they've done and how much – and I was just, like – and I was just sitting there and just listening and going, like, how lucky am I to be here? Like, yep. you're from tomorrow, like, yeah. Like, yeah, you, just wouldn't, you just don't think you'd be in these situations mm. and then sort of – 
um, yeah, being there and just listening and still looking at Billy Slater like he's an absolute superstar, not a teammate. Like, and same as Ryan Hoffman, mm. like looked up to those blokes when I was younger and loved watching them play. And then having to sort of be in like a private conversation with those guys was something that that'll always stick with me. And um, yeah, and yeah, like Cameron Smith's pregame, um, yeah, G up and stuff. Wow. Like that's something that, yeah, not many people can experience. And I was fortunate enough to do that, to be in that tent room. Roosters won 21 points to six. Uh, we've been looking at the game through the eyes of Joey Stimson. But a little secret, mate, um, you haven't watched the game back all these years later. No, no. I haven't, actually. I, I don't know. Like I've, like, I've obviously gotten over it and stuff, but it just sort of um, it was a weird feeling. Like, it was, like as you said, like, it was 82,000 people there. And when you're lost, like, I know it's just football and everyone's like, there's bigger things to go, but you just, I felt, you felt really alone, really. Yeah. Like, you felt just like you're there by yourself. And um, yeah, you always look back and, um, sort of just think, oh, if I could have done this, could have done that. And, um, yeah, you always come back to it. And I'll never forget it. Like, I still remember a lot of a lot of things that went on in the game and I could have, probably could have done better. And, yeah, sort of trying to leave that in the past, really. I'll, I'll probably watch it when I'm older and, yeah, with the, with the kids. <laughs> Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Almost 120 games already for our guests, but we're not going to ask Adam Elliott about his game. We're going to ask him about one of his current teammates. What makes Josh Papali so good, mate? Mate, I reckon there's he, he came in in a, in a different era, Papa. Yeah. He's been playing for a while now, and particularly as a front rower, um, the game's changed so much, yeah. but I don't think we've seen the game go past Papa. He's probably one of the only ones that still plays from when he first debuted in that position that is still top three front rowers in the game. Um, you know, and I, I used to talk a lot of footy with um, Kieran Foran, who's a bit of a footy head himself, yeah. and and he was one of the blokes that, this is before I'd been at the Raiders, Papa was one of the blokes that Foz would talk about, about, you know, he just adapts with the game yeah. and the game it just can't go past him. Bigger units have traditionally taken longer in a season to – I guess get moving and get into form and fitness. Papa's form coming good at the business end of the year for the Raiders. Yeah, big time. I think um, coming out of Origin, you you might have a bit of a Origin hangover, yeah. footy hangover, whatnot. He's just really energised. He brings heaps of energy to the team too because he's just such a legend of a bloke. Yeah. So he's, he will be good for us as a group moving forward, but you can tell he's got a bit of a look in his eye, actually. I'm really looking forward to his next couple of months of footy. Can you see the impact he has had on a younger guy like, I guess, a Joe Tarpany? Um, I guess Joe's watched him and learnt the tricks of the trade uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I suppose I'm, I've come late to the party with those two, yep. but right now they're Bash brothers. Like They're as tight as you get, best mates. 
But I, I'd assume that when when taps come down here as a young fella, and Papa was already quite established mm. and you know a superstar, seeing how Papa is with our younger Islander boys, Pacific Islanders, I could have seen I could have seen him being the same as that with yeah. um, Joe Taps, and I reckon that's why they play play so well together and they care about each other. You can actually see that on the field too. Um, but Papa in general, mate, with the younger generation, he's just so humble and you would not think he's done what he's done in the game with, you know, you, it's not rare to go down the street and see him in a coffee shop with four, three or four younger boys, not there as their mentor, just you just want to come for a coffee and he'll just sit there and chat to him, which is awesome. Cool little insight, mate. Appreciate your time. We'll chat again soon. Awesome, brother. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. And the winner of this week's Trucker's Cap is Josh Elliott. Thank you, Legend, for your wonderful review. Some unfiltered merch is on its way, Legend. Thank you, too, to Chloe, Unfiltered Brad, The Devil Dragon, Such As Much 86, The Cool and Gatter Collective, Crocs, Mail and Duncan Thorley. You're all legends for leaving that review and rating. It helps us spread the word as we look to bring you more for free. If you haven't yet, love you to give us that five-star treatment when you're done here. Uh, Take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and the weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always... Back Pikey in the last. Yeah.